Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kerry. I'm Nora Germain. I'm a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. I'm also the greatest musician that ever lived. You're going to hear me chat to many different people but more often than not it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Audio Boom. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell somebody down the old folks home, especially if they're dying. Let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. I'm getting a round of applause off of Nora Germain, who's on my screen. Guest this week on the podcast, Steve Moore, the mad drummer. You see him online under the YouTube clip, the drummer at the wrong gig. It went viral a million times over. Oh, that you got that guy. Oh, yeah. That's really, I've seen that a lot of times. You know, when it first came out, or I guess when it went viral or whatever, a lot of people were posting it on my wall. People were sending it to me. That guy is Steve Moore, and he is a legend, fantastic drummer, and he's a really nice guy as well. Uh, super entertaining, a lot of great stories, um, so very, very exciting indeed. Before we get to our interview with the fantastic Steve Moore, I have in front of me right now one of the, my best friends in the world, perhaps the second greatest musician that ever lived, the one and only Nora Francesca Germain. Nora, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. I'm so happy to be here. Do you know why I'm so happy to be here? Because you missed a week. Yeah, sorry about that. But also because it's the 99th episode and next week is the big 100. And I'm so glad that neither of us died before that. Don't speak too it, soon. Right, that's true, actually. Sorry. If we go between now and then, I just want you to know it's been a wild ride. And you can have my um, violin. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Can I have it anyway, even though even if I don't pass away? No. Worth a try, ladies and gentlemen, worth a try. So, Nora, February has been a super... First of all, it, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It feels like it's been an age. I, really... I know, it has been an age. I have been so uh, busy, I'm, I'm, but I'm so glad that now, finally, I'm back with you, my true love. February has been a mental month for the career and life of Nora Francesca Germain. Please fill the listeners and fans in on such an incredibly uh, busy month. And it's only going to get busier because a lot of big announcements on the way, Nora. That's true. Yeah, well, so I, I've been uh, working a lot on my album. I've got um, one more recording session left. And then it's going to be done, which is crazy. And I'm uh, planning to get it mixed and mastered. And then my book, I've just sent a contract over to my editor. So she and I are going to start editing. Um, of course, I've edited the book about 20 times myself. But now she's going to come in and then sort of fine tune what I've already done. So, so the book is on the way. And then I also was helping my roommates called Nowhere, this amazing um, electronic funk pop duo that live in my house with their new music video called The Government Knows. So if you want to go on YouTube and type in The Government Knows, it will be there. And so they have a new album coming out. Actually, no, it just came out. So I've been sort of helping them with, with their new stuff. I was a backup dancer in their video and uh, some other things. So there you go. Here I am. Happy Valentine's Day. Fantastic. And Nora, we are going to cut to the interview with Steve in a, in a few seconds. 
But I'm going to entice the listeners here, and I'm going to tell everybody something that you don't even know, and you're the core host, you're in the know, right? And you don't even know this. To get it in the know, rah, in the know. <laughs> oh, in the know, Nora in the know, whatever. Right, uh, I have in front of me something that we are going to discuss at length after the interview, and this is the hook, line, and sinker. This is this is the this is the uh, this is the cliffhanger, as it were. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? The things that we are going to discuss are the following: the top ten I have in front of me, the top ten important things that money cannot buy. Oh, I love that subject. Oh, that's great. We're going to talk about this at length. I've got the 10 right in front of me. I'm going to list the 10 one by one. And after each one, Nora is going to give her thoughts and feelings. And this is a person who is an author. This is a person with a lot of life experience. This is a person (laughs) who has, despite the fact she's been around for years and years and years, got a wealth of experience in the music business. She's still young literally and figuratively and everything that goes along with it. Nora Germain is going to give her thoughts on the 10 most important things that money can't buy. Made by me. It's all coming up. But now, the interview with the mad drummer, the legend, Steve Moore. Let's do it. Woo! Woo! Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast and I am joined now by the mad drummer. Steve Moore, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Now, um, the last time we spoke, you were just about to attend the NAM event. How was it? Talk me through it. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I actually look forward to it every single year. Uh, I love it. I love it. I can't I can't stress that enough. It's, it's good energy. Uh, you're meeting people. Uh, you're keeping your name relevant. Uh, everything about it is just wonderful. Had a had a probably the best show I've ever had there. Excellent. Now, of course, it's a, a kind of a music convention opportunity for for various different musicians involved to network. Uh, what what people did you meet this year, if any, that you haven't met in the previous years going there? Uh, this year, probably, um, I, I met the singer from Mashuga, uh, which was really really nice because I'm a huge uh, Mashuga fan. And then probably my biggest uh, my biggest geek out moment was probably I met uh, Mickey D this year. The uh, of course he was the drummer for Motorhead uh, for several years, but of course prior to that he was the uh, drummer for King Diamond. So and I was a huge King Diamond fan back in the day. So that 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 was a, a good moment. But as far as the actual the rock star element, that was probably my biggest geek out moment was meet, meeting uh, Mickey D. Fantastic. Now, everything started to really kick off for yourself um, when you released or when it was released, the YouTube clip um, Drummer at the Wrong Gig. Can you tell us about the release of that clip and what transpired after that? Sure. Uh, basically, uh, the band that I tour with, uh, we were playing in a, uh, an amusement park uh, that we usually do once or twice a year. Uh, and that show was actually, I think it was around one o'clock in the afternoon, to be honest with you. Uh, and basically just a random fan, uh, videotaped it. Um, and then fortunately for me, someone else, uh, then re-uploaded that same video. Uh, but instead they titled it, this drummer's at the wrong gig. And fortunately for me, it, it pretty much immediately went viral. Um, and then the, the rest is pretty much history as far as that goes. It just immediately shot through the roof. Um, and then before I knew it, um, 
most of my childhood heroes, as far as drummers and you know people I had always looked up to, uh, most of them were actually then contacting me and you know just to say congratulations, hello, that kind of thing. Um, and that that's pretty much it. You know, after that, it just went through the roof. And fortunately for me, it just keeps climbing. You would you would think that at some point it would kind of stop, you know, but it, it doesn't. It just it keeps going and going and going. So I'm really, really grateful to that. So the video, of course, it's, it's fantastic for anybody that's not seen it. Just search for it on YouTube. And um, the, the charisma that you're demonstrating throughout that video, Steve, is, is fantastic. And it's, it's really, really cool. <laughs> How did you thank you? How did you develop that style, that type of showmanship, and who influ- drummers influenced that, Steve? Sure. Um, well, I, I, I've I've been with this band uh, for quite a while. Uh, however, every band that I was involved with before uh, Rick K, the current band I'm touring with now, uh, every band prior to that was really, really progressive. Uh, a lot of progressive metal. Um, mostly original bands to be honest uh but those bands they uh they they played in the in the realm of like um uh, like dream theater uh queen's reich fate's warning rush you know, that that kind of uh, a lot of you know like pantera slayer uh, again a lot of really really busy playing um and, and so therefore whenever i got with rick Kane and the all-nighters i simply brought that element that I have been involved with for like 20 years, I simply carried that over into what he does, but we just found a way of, of kind of making it um, comical, you know, and fortunately people seem to enjoy that. So that's kind of where it comes from. Now, in, in regards of uh, the drummers that really, really influenced it, uh, my number one influence, hands down, and I, I, I've said it for years and years, uh, to, to be really, really clear on it, uh, that I, I invented none of that. I would love to take the credit for it, but I, I didn't invent any of that stuff. I really didn't. Uh, the main drummer uh, that I got most of that from is a guy named Shannon Larkin. Now, Shannon Larkin, he's been the drummer for Godsmack for probably almost 10 years now. But before that, he played in a band called Rothschild. Now, again, we're going way, way, way back. Uh, but I was about 16 years old. And my old band, we opened up for Rothschild. And when Shannon came out doing what he did, it, it changed everything for me, changed everything. And I, I basically, I spent the next probably 15 years of my life wanting to be Shannon Larkin. I did everything I could to try and emulate everything that he did. Uh, and then like most artists, uh, somewhere along the way, you, you know, I, I kind of developed my own thing, if you want to say that, you know, and it kind of evolved into to what you see now. But all of that was a result of Shannon Larkin. And really, to be honest with you, one of the coolest things that happened as a result of that video going viral is it allowed me to, to then reconnect with Shannon. So it was like 20 years later, you know, and of course, you know, I tell him the story that, you know, hey, all this is because I saw you. You know, and he's just the nicest guy in the world. He really is. He's a phenomenal drummer, but just one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. So it's really, really, it, it kind of came full circle, I guess is what I'm trying to say. One of the other drummers that, of course, reacted to that video uh, was Mike Portnoy as well. Now, Absolutely. Tell us about his, uh, tell us about his reaction. Uh, well, th- again, that was another huge geek out moment for me because uh, again I've, I've been a, a dream theater fan 
<laughs> most of my life. I mean, I hate to say that, but but literally most of my life. I mean, ever since they came out, you know, even before they were called Dream Theater, you know, I, I was a fan of them then. Um, but basically, um, uh, the video had, was really early on. I mean, it hadn't it, it had just started going viral. Uh, and then a friend of mine basically just sent me an email and he said, hey, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Mike Portnoy, he just tweeted about you on Twitter. So I said, wow, that's really awesome. So I went and looked at it and he had literally just done it like, I don't know, two, three minutes prior to that. So I went ahead and got on Facebook and I dropped him an email and I never thought in a million years that I would hear back from him. I, I honestly didn't. But I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. So I basically just dropped him a really, really short email and said, hi, my name's Steve Moore. I had a video called, you know, Drummer to Wrong Gig. I've been a huge fan for years, and I just wanted to, to thank you for sharing the video. That really, really made my day. And then about 15 minutes later, Mike Portnoy dropped me an email. And then that's kind of how that started. Then we, you know, became friends after that. And he's, he's done so much uh, behind the scenes to, to try and help me out. I mean, he got me a, uh, a symbol Sabian endorsement and a, a bunch of other things actually that I can't really talk about quite yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, some things that happened at NAM that were really, really fantastic. Uh, but again, I, I can't really get into much of that right now. Uh, but he's, he's been over backwards for me. He really, really has. And not just for me, you know, that's something else I try and make clear to a lot of people. Uh, Mike Portnoy, he's done that for a lot of people. He really, really has. He, he's kind of known to go out and, and just help people. You know, and there's nothing in it for him. You know, it's not like he's getting a cut off something. He just does it, you know, because he wants to be a nice guy. It's nice to see that that still happens in the industry. It really is. Well, I tell you what, that's definitely a, a lesson for us all. Uh, when somebody of that magnitude is, is doing that, Steve, that, I, I didn't know that it was, I, I knew you guys were friends, but I didn't know it was to, uh, he was helping you out to that degree. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and what, what, what really happens for, for someone like, like me, and, and I'm going to try and say this as, as correctly as I can, what, what, what that does, when, when you do 200 shows a year, and, and, and people constantly come up to you and they tell you, oh, you're a great drummer. We love to watch you. You're the best drummer I've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. You, you appreciate that. I'm, I'm not trying to undermine that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful to every single person that, that enjoys the show. However, when someone like Mike Portnoy tells you that he's a fan of what you do, it, it, it just carries more weight. You know what I mean? Because it's Mike Portnoy. I mean, you're not going to fool someone like Mike Portnoy. So, so when, when he then enjoys what you're doing so much that he actually wants to help you out and, and get you some, some, some support, what that kind of does, it sort of validates all of the, the, the years that you put into it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like somebody that's already there, somebody that you look up to when that person is a fan of what you're doing. Again, that's the best word I can use. It just, it validates it. And you, and then you can finally wake up and you can say, you know what? It was worth it. It wasn't all in vain. I mean, all the years that I've practiced, all the, the time and effort that I put into this, it, it, it wasn't for nothing. You know, it, it actually meant something. And that's, that's really to, a, to, to any artist that's really, I think, one of the most important things you can you can give someone. You know, I mean, far beyond you know, fame, recognition, money, 
blah, blah, blah. T to give someone that kind of validation, again, that's just – that's a huge gift. You know, it's, it's just a giant gift. And, and, and I, I will – not to sound cheesy – but I'll, I'll, I'll truly be in Mike Portnoy's debt for the rest of my life but for that because he gave me that. He was the first person that really, really gave me that. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Another thing that's amazing is that I was in your website just before I spoke to you, and I found this out as well. You are the first person I have spoken to that's made an appearance on the American office. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was a blast. That was a blast. I had such a good time with that. So um, I'm a big fan of the American office. And funnily enough, bizarrely, at the table that I'm sitting at right now, I, I have an office box set. And you might even be in this one uh, in one of these DVDs. Um, so I'm trying to think back to all the episodes that I've seen. Tell us what roughly what, uh, how did that go down? Because I can't envision uh, a drummer or a band being in one of the episodes. What, what episode was it? <laughs> Tell us all about it. Uh, basically I just, I just opened up my uh, email one day and, uh, the producer for the show, he just sent me an email and said, hi, I'm so-and-so, you know, I'm the producer for, you know, the, the office on NBC. Uh, we, we, we really, we love the video. Uh, we love your playing. And if, if you'd be into it, we would love to have you come out and be on one of the shows. So I obviously, you know, emailed him back and said, yeah, that'd be great. You know, as long as we can just schedule it, uh, then that would be perfect. And I forget where we were, but we were we were playing someplace, uh, and then we had one day off, and then the following day, I know we were playing Indiana, so I they they basically you know just flew me to the studio. Um, I got there late that night. Uh, I think we started filming around eight o'clock in the morning, and then pretty much went all day long, uh, not constantly playing drums because, of course, as you know, I mean you're doing a lot of lot of waiting, you know, as they're getting the props, the mics, the lighting, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but then we just filmed it all day long. Uh, and then I got on a plane and flew to the next show. But, uh, the actual process of it was really, really, really a blast, especially, uh, Brian. Uh, he's the guy that plays Kevin. Uh, he, he was, a the guy I actually had a, a, a drum battle against. He was a blast. He really, really was. He was so much fun to play off of, and he was really into it, you know, which really, really helped it. And and everybody there. I mean, not not just the actors, but but everybody, the 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 crew, you know, audio, uh, light, uh, everybody, even the catering. I mean, <laughs> every single person on that set was just incredible. They were very warm. They were very generous. Uh, they were very happy to see me. Uh, they made me feel incredibly welcome. And again, these kind of things technically they don't matter, but they do. You know what I mean? When you're in that kind of an element where it's just a lot of good energy, you feel good. So it, it made the it made the whole day really, really easy. Really good people. Really good people. I will need to check this out. I've not had a chance to yet, but I will do some searching on the internet and I will I will find I will track that scene down, Steve. Definitely. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you doing a you doing a drum drum battle with Kev, fantastic. So, um, I want to talk talk a little bit about drums. That Ludwig kit that you've got, my God, that red and white one, that is beautiful. Is that a custom one for you? Uh, when did you get that kit? That was actually the uh, um, the the first drum set that Ludwig actually made for me. Uh, was the uh, red and white flame one, and the, the really the only reason I had it made is at at that at that period. Um, 
I was kind of going through like a rockabilly phase and I was really into people like Brian Setzer and Bernie Dressel and, you know, just again, the whole rockabilly thing. So I thought, Hey, flames will be kind of cool. So I, I, I did it. Uh, and then since then I probably have had eight or nine drum sets, but I just, you know, usually go back to that one because, you know, that's the one people kind of associate me with it with. So, but yeah, that was a, that was a custom one that they made for me. Really like it. It's very nice indeed. Now I'm going to ask. Thank you. I'm going to ask this question, and you might have already answered this. Okay, people that you've not had a chance to perform with yet, that you'd like to do so in in the future. Brian Setzer might be one of them. I think that's a bit of a no brainer. I think that would be quite a good mix, actually. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I'm actually more of a, a metal guy. Uh, I mean, I, I would actually do a much better job for a band like Iron Maiden or Judas Priest or or Fate's Warning or Queensryche, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know that I got what it takes, to be honest with you, to play for with someone like Brian Setzer, because he, he's just he's an, he's an amazing artist, you know, and to really play that music and play it correctly. You you kind of have to live there. You know what I mean by that? You, yeah. you really have to you really have to to just have done that kind of thing for years and years and years. I mean, I'm sure I could get through the songs. I'm not saying that. But again, I, I don't think I could really make it feel correct. You know, I wish I could. I really do. But I <laughs> I don't think it, it would kind of be like Tommy Lee, you know, playing for Brian Setzer. I don't think it would work so well. But I love him though. I really do. Oh, that that that, that big band that he's got, the Brian Setzer Orchestra. That's amazing entertainment. I would love to go and see them. I would too. I, I've never seen them live, and I would love to. Actually, at a uh, at Nam, uh, two two years ago, maybe three years ago now, I actually met uh, Bernie Dressel, who was playing for drums uh, or played play drums for uh, Brian for for many years. And then uh, also the bass player, uh, the upright bass player, I've met him several times as well. Hey, great guys. They're great guys. But I've never met Brian, though. Yeah, I mean, that that was he's, he's a fantastic artist. Well, listen, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Great, great stories. And um, as, as, as much as you're a brilliant showman, fantastic drummer, and, and very, very humble with it. And it's so good to hear the enthusiasm in your voice when you speak about um, generally how grateful you are to have got all these opportunities um, throughout all your hard work and, of course, that video. So continued success, uh, and I'll hope to perhaps bump into you one day at NAMM. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. And the, the, the one thing that I do in closing, the one thing that I really try and remind people of is, is – a lot of people will look at someone like me and they'll say, man, you had a really lucky break. And don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely had a really lucky break. However, it took me almost 30 years to get that lucky break. So so the only reason that I say that is to really try and, and embed in people not to give up on, on, on the things that they want in life. I mean, not, I don't care if you want to be a, a carpenter or if you want to own your own pizza place someday it, it doesn't really matter what what your dream is you know but to not give up on that because you have no idea you know i mean you, you're not just again not to sound cheesy but your miracle it may happen next week you don't know you know what i mean you, you just it it would be nice if things happen on a time clock you know well by the time i'm 25 i want this well you might not get it by the time you're 25 maybe you got to wait till you're 35 but that doesn't mean it won't happen you know, so it's really important for people to, to hang on to that. It really is. So anyway, and thank you so much for the time. I appreciate that. I really do.
No problem at all. And very, very wise words from a mad drummer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that mad drummer, of course, being Steve Morsey. Thank you very much once again for joining me today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. A fantastic interview with Steve there. And now I am back. With... Oh, my God. What? Why are you, oh, my God? And you're acting, you're, you're chipping away my confidence when you come out with little schneid remarks like that. I love when you talk like that. You put on these little sexy accents and they're just, what did they're it like, do? huh? What did I do? What well, you just did just now. You're like, a fantastic interview. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Are you ready? Uh-huh. A fantastic interview there with the one and only Steve. <laughs> if it is attractive and sexy, why are you laughing like that, you piece of shit? Sorry, I'm sorry. Keep I'm gonna going. Do it. I'm going to do it again. quiet. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. A fantastic interview there. Very, very insightful. Very informative indeed. The one and only Steve. Right now you're just trying not to laugh, which is even worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do it again. Take four as a charm. Go ahead. I'm not going to do it. Do you want to know why? Because I can't do it anymore because my feelings are hurt. I'm sorry, Scott. No, you just continue. Yeah, You, you want to laugh at me all day long. It's your podcast. You do the outro. Well, that was a fantastic interview. Like, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And now uh, we are going to review the top ten um, things that money cannot buy. That's such a good accent! Yes, thank you. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Cowie, would you like to take over the reins now that I've done No, 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 you interview me. You interview me in that voice. Go for it. I've never done an interview before. That's very exciting. Okay, Mr. Cowley, what did you eat for breakfast today? That's not a proper interview. I want you to interview me. Think about it. You're one of the best musicians in the world sitting in front of you. Interview me properly. Okay, Mr. Cowley, what advice do you have for young up-and-coming artists? Um, read Nora Germain's book. Uh, and as soon as you've read that from page to page, rip it out and bin it. Or just do the exact opposite of the information in the book and you'll be just fine. I couldn't agree more. Yes, I You have <laughs> such a good accent. We have now created... Thank you, yes, thank you, thank you. We've created the character. What are we going to call this character, Nora? Um, I don't know. Right. Some, we have to think about it. Maybe next week we'll come up with it. Next week? What's happening next week in the podcast, Nora? Tell me, tell me. Zero, zero, yay! It's the millennium. Scott, this is amazing. This is really, really amazing. It's one hundred things have made their way onto the internet. I mean, I'm really proud of you. I think it's a major accomplishment. I want to thank everybody who's listened and been on this crazy journey. And uh, cheers to a hundred more, baby. Well, let me put it this way: having not achieved anything in my life. <laughs> That's not true. Thanks for laughing. Thanks for your continued support. Let me start again. Having not achieved anything in my life, it's good that at least I've done 100 recordings of us talking shit. Right. I, I think that, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's great. And here's to 100 more. Okay. I mean, you've had lots of albums out. I know you've got a book out. Uh, and I've done this shit. Well, look. My book is not out yet, and my fourth album is not out yet, but 
They're going to be out. Anyway, we should both shut up because we get really important things to discuss. And I tell yeah, you yeah, what, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. it's the hundred, it's, it's not the hundred, it's the 10 most important things that money can't buy. I'm going to tell you what they are and you're going to give me your thoughts and feelings and each and every one of them. So you want me to tell you if I think they should be on the list or no, not? No, just tell me what you think. Okay, I think... Or, 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 what? I think Laffy Taffies are the best of the Wonka candies. Great. Right, here we go. I'm going to give you number 10 and you say what you think, right? Number 10 on the top 10 of things that money can't buy is number 10, knowledge and experience. Well, I actually don't know because, um, well, spending the money can't directly put the knowledge and experience into your life. Like you can't instantly get experience, you know, like one second later you have experience. But money can buy you experiences. Like if you want to have an experience of going to live in India, you would buy a plane ticket and then you'd go to India. That's a and good you point. And you need money to go to India, right? I mean, unless you can find somebody who whose money will get you to India, which is not your money. I don't, don't know. Don't, yeah, I mean, money definitely don't. can't buy you that stuff, but money can buy you stuff that'll get you that stuff. Interesting. Right. Okay, that's number 10. So okay. uh, th th we may just prove that money is everything here, ladies and gentlemen. That might be the key to this whole uh, discussion. Number nine, Respect. Definitely. Money cannot buy your respect. Do you want to elaborate or will I move on? What do you think? Well, a lot of rich people don't respect other people and a lot of people uh, that have money aren't respected. So there you Donald go. Trump! Do you need a tissue there? Are you feeling Donald Trump! Bit... <clears throat> yeah, okay. Very nice. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm only joking. Please don't kill me, Donald Trump, sir. Best of luck in the campaign. Right. <laughs> that was number nine. Right. Number eight. You ready? Yep. Satisfaction of fulfilling dreams. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I, I mean, fulfilling dreams, I think, is a little redundant. I don't think money can give you satisfaction about anything. I mean... For example, I was watching this interview with Adele a few weeks ago, and she was saying how she's a great she, she's a great organic artist who just writes the songs, and if it if it goes out there and it gets uh, exposure, then fantastic. Well, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't like that for her. Uh, her first hits did not not at first they didn't go on the charts, but it took a while. But so she had those albums nineteen, and then she had one that that was twenty one, and then she um obviously became enormously successful from those two. But then she took this long break of several years before she came out with a new one, even though she had tons of money and recognition and fans and everything, and but she said she didn't really believe in herself. So I think money definitely cannot make you satisfied. You have to, it has to be deeper than that. Good, good. 100%, right? Okay, so <laughs> that was number eight, satisfaction of fulfilling of dreams. At number seven, yep. health. Yep. Oh, definitely, of course not. Money has nothing to do with health, except for, um, uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. It has to do, if you obviously, if you're wealthier, you're more likely to survive your own birth and grow up eating better food, living in healthier places, um, et cetera, get better medical care, et cetera, et cetera. But once you're sick, uh, there sometimes is very little that money can do. For example, like someone like Steve Jobs, who got that very rare form of cancer, 
and then, you know, obviously had to move on. So, uh, yeah, definitely money cannot buy you health once your health has deteriorated. Sometimes it can, but I, w- I wouldn't rely on being wealthy to live for a long time. Definitely not. Number six. Mm-hmm. Good friends. No, money can definitely buy you good friends. It can buy you Just good kid- friends. um uh money can buy you friends no definitely not friendship has nothing to do with money 100 percent. and let's put it this way nora it didn't cost us anything to become good friends that's true um you know what i think is really interesting is that animals have no concept of money probably and like we become very close with animals. Sometimes we do horrible things to them, and that's another subject. But the, the, for those of us who have very strong animal friends, I bet you friends have no, I mean, uh, animals have no concept of money. So um, I wonder what it would be like to tell a pig, like if you have a pet pig or you have a pet dog or whatever. Um, hello, Wilbur. We have money in this world. The pig would be like, I'm hungry. I love you. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yes, Nora. <laughs> fucking, can money buy you friends? And she starts reciting a conversation from a pig that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, the whole world revolves around money. We do these horrible things to people. That's right. Have- You're absolutely right. And I just think, you know, um, there might even be people in the world, like an on island nations or something that have no concept of money. So, you know, whatever. Fuck money. Okay, keep going. What is number five now? Number six? Number five is number five. L- love, care, and concern. Um, correct. Love knows no boundaries. Four. Inner peace. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> um. Okay. Inner peace. Definitely not. Yeah, actually, I would say money probably causes um, inner uh, chaos, probably, more than inner peace. There's a really good study out. I can't remember where it was, but there's a great study out about how um, uh, happy you will be with various levels of income. And there was a point where... You keep making more money and you keep getting happier. And then to a certain point, it wasn't very much money, a few hundred thousand dollars or something. And then and then the more you make, the more unhappy you become. Yeah, I can understand. I, can, I could see how that would be the case. So, uh, yeah, love definitely comes. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Which one was it? Not it, love. Uh, it was uh, inner peace. Inner peace, right. Yeah, so inner peace, I think. It's definitely easier to have inner peace if you're not starving to death and being bombed every day. Definitely easier. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, there are definitely people that are that are poor with very little who have um, a lot deeper sense of peace and compassion than people in other places who who live in a, in very um, comfortable circumstances. But no, money definitely cannot buy you inner peace um, because maybe if you buy something and you think that'll make you feel good, it probably will for like a day and then it'll go away and then you'll want something else. And then 
you'll have a mansion full of shit that you can't even pay for. And um, then good luck with your inner peace doing the world's biggest garage sale. Okay, there you go. Number three, twa. Time. Oh, God, that's the biggest one. You know what my motto is in life? You can always make more money, but you cannot make more time. And that is so true. <laughs> Two. Yes. Duh. Yeah. Happiness. Well, happiness is sort of like inner peace, right? And it's sort of like love. It's like a combination of all these things. And I think happiness means something different to a lot of people, you know, like some people want to buy a shack on an island and some people want to be lawyers and some people want to play sports and some people want to be musicians. And, you know, I think everybody has a different idea about happiness for themselves. Um, but, yeah, definitely money cannot buy you that. No way. That was number two, happies. And number one, the most obvious one of them all. I'm sure everybody has already seen this one coming. I know it's the obvious one. Uh, number three was, of course, time. Number two was happiness. And number one is, of course, the Talk Music Podcast. You cannot buy that because it is free. Each okay. and every week on scottkimmy.com, on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud. That's the thing that money can't buy because it's free and it arrives. If you've subscribed to iTunes, Nora, why are you looking stressed and concerned? I think time is way more obvious than your than our podcast. It's not. Happiness, all these things count, but this podcast is free. Money can't buy it. And it just goes to show the best things in life are free. In a piece, that's true. That's true. That's in a piece, point. time, uh, all the other shit ones, but the most important one, the Talk Music Podcast, episode ninety nine. So by my fast math, what's next week, Nora? One hundred. We biddy dee biddy do one hundred, and that's so great. And that, guess how much that is, ladies and gentlemen. It's free because money can buy you many things in life, but it can't buy the most important things in life. And the most important thing in life is, of course, this podcast. Each and every week on scottcow.com, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Audio Boom, SoundCloud. Um, but having said that, if MD wants to buy this thing, I'm open to discussion. So wait, don't you have a donate button on your website? Oh, shit, I. Um, money can't buy it. But being a charitable human Money being... Money can buy Scott. And so if you're interested in buying Scott, you just yep. hit the little donate button and you can send him some money. And, you know, whoever puts the highest amount, Scott will be your personal um, Scott person. And he will do anything you want him to do any time of the day. You basically will just... Um, hey, no, 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 no. It's nothing like that. It's not an Nora Germain pledge campaign. It's just a simple little donate button. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Thanks for that. <laughs> Talking of that, your Main's album's coming out very, very soon alongside the book. And I've got one other message for your editor. What's her name? Can we, can we mention her name? Who? Your editor. Editor. Ah, uh, not yet. Okay. Can you just pass on a message and say, if she edits out my name in your book, I'm going to punch her face in? I'll tell her on a Valentine. I'll tell her that. Yeah. Yeah, tell her from me just saying... Uh, don't take out my name. If anything, embellish all the good things that you say about me in that book. Um, I really will. You better say some good things. See if you say, see, if you better say some good things, if you tell anybody the truth, they'll not be happy. 
It's got, it's already in there. The good stuff. It's it's already in, it's been in there for a while. So it's in there and there you go. NoraJermaine.com forward slash whatever. Um, ScottKerry.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much to Nora Germaine, a returning co-host. And one thing is guaranteed about next week is going to be, we're going to make it the best ever. We have to. It's the 100th. I'm going all out. I'm going to tell Nora as soon as we finish recording the people who will be on next week. But you guys have got to stay tuned to my website, all my social networking sites. Check them all out. Big thanks to Steve Moore. Big thanks to the returning co-host, the legendary Nora Francesca Germain, being as entertaining as always. Thanks to Ron that's produced all these podcasts, and we will see you. The big one zero zero. You can't miss it, motherfucker. Woo! Next week, see you all soon. Nora, final words. Thank you. Do it in the voice. Do it in the funny voice. Oh, yes, thank you very much. And I uh, hope you have a lovely day and uh, happy Valentine's Day. Yes, thank you all. You sound like... You sound like... <laughs> you sound like an old police woman on crack or something. Anyway, not as you mean, everybody. Uh, thanks very much. See you all next week.